Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Well, you might not believe it, but um, today, literally to the day, uh, would be one year since we started the series, The Journey into God's Promises. Ex literally, exactly one year ago, um, give or take a day, uh, we started that series. And we've been going on that journey for one whole year, sermon after sermon, as God brought information uh, brought revelation to us, challenged us, chastised us where it was necessary. And I dare say that our testimony is that our lives have, have changed in that one year. We are better prepared and we are in the journey very close to, the, to entering that promised land. And so today we wanted to, in a sense, take a look back at the year um, at some high points of the year. And we thought the, the way we would do it is that we would get all the pastors, um, literally all the pastors, um, to tell us what was the high point in the year for them. What, what sermon was it? What phrase was it? Uh, what revelation uh, came their way uh, that, that, that touched their hearts that they want to share with us? Um, so please uh, sit back and be blessed as we go through this journey as pastor after pastor uh, uh, brings uh, a revelation from a word they heard, um, a, uh, a sermon that touched their heart, a, a certain part from that sermon. I am sure you're going to be blessed by it as we literally start the journey and go through the last year um, and the pastors share their hearts. So please sit back. Of course, grab your notebooks. They are going to be um, dropping some nuggets, some wisdom, some revelation um, from what touched them, but you want to take advantage of it. So grab your notebooks, whether they are electronic or paper notebooks, and get ready uh, to take notes and to make sure you apply those things to your life to take you on to the next stage of our journey. We can see the promised land. It's closer than we think. And uh, we're going to together cross into that. But let's hear from our pastors. God bless you. For 430 years, the children of Israel were in slavery and oppressed by their taskmasters, the Egyptians. Then God decided that the time had come to deliver them from Egypt and take them into his promises. We see this in Exodus 3, 7 to 10. For the children of Israel, it was a natural land that God promised them. But for us, we are delivered from Satan to be taken into the land of God's promises. Not a physical land, but into the promises of God. You and I have been given promises by God. God is faithful and he can be trusted to fulfill his promises to you. When God gives you a promise, it will come to pass. 
there's always an appointed time for the fulfillment of God's promises in our lives. And Numbers 23, 19 and Isaiah 55, 11 reminds us that God will do what he says he will do. He who promised is faithful. Keep believing God. Keep trusting in him. When God called Moses and gave him the assignments to go and stand against Pharaoh, Moses protested, giving numerous excuses, including his inability to speak, and actually asked God to send someone else. Much in the same way that we struggle with God's calling, assignments, and instruction to take a stand that will change our world. When life circumstances attack our self-esteem, we often feel that we don't measure up and we disqualify ourselves. But if God calls you, He qualifies you. All the things that we think disqualifies us are actually the things that God will use. When the enemy speaks negative words in our mind, God's word to Moses are the same words He speaks to us today. I am who I am and I will be with you. When Moses eventually obeyed God, he saw the power of God mightily displayed through ten plagues, culminating in the plague of the death of firstborns. It was really a night to remember. For the children of Israel, it was a night for us. It was an afternoon on an old rugged cross. When our victory was won, God has a plan for us. And no devil, no woman pharaoh can stop you from entering into his promises for you. God bless you. As the children of Israel journeyed through the dangerous wilderness with its wild animals and hazardous conditions, you know, God demonstrated His grace and mercy by going ahead of them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You know, God's presence guided them, protected them, and fought for them. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing that God will ask us to do that He will not guide us into and lead us into. We have the great and awesome privilege of having the Holy Spirit as our cloud and our fire, and He has taken residence in our hearts. A lot of things may be happening around us, ladies and gentlemen, and there may be numerous pitfalls and difficulties, but if we stay close to God, in deep fellowship with God, and obediently follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will get to our own land of promise. Let's follow the cloud and the fire. As we journey through life to God's promises, we are going to encounter tests and challenges. We can handle tests and challenges in two ways. We can handle tests the biblical way, relying completely on God or the worldly way. One way pleases God and the other way displeases God. When facing tests and challenging, we must always remember the following. Remember that God allows tests. As a result, we are confident that things will work out for our good. Also remember that like Moses, we, we have a staff or a rod in our hand. Our staff and our rod is what God has given us and which he has used before to make a way for us. We must always cast our mind back 
and remember what God has done for us in the past. And remembering help us to trust God and to believe that he will meet us in our present situation also. If he has been faithful then, he will be faithful again. Amen. On the journey into promises, sometimes things don't go the way you plan. But this is where God demonstrates the fact that he is more than able. For if God takes you on a journey, you can be reassured that he has pre-planned miraculous provision for you. Just like the children of Israel, when God caused quail to come down in abundance, so God will make provision happen for you. We want you to remember, and this was one of the things on our journey into promises that stuck with me, is that God is able. He's not only able to honor and take you through, but he has pre-planned the necessary miraculous provision to get you to the end of that journey. And so ladies and gentlemen, trust him. If he started this journey, he will keep you while you're on it. God is able. Throughout history, humanity has been longing to know and to meet God. For the children of Israel, they had to go to a physical mountain where God revealed himself through a thick billowing cloud and fire. It was impossible for them to journey into God's promises without a revelation of God. It's the same for us that we cannot journey into God's promises without a revelation of God. Thank God that we have our own revelation in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus came to reveal God to us as a God of love, a God of grace, a God of mercy and a holy God. Thank God that you and I have a new and a better covenant relationship through Jesus Christ. And I am so grateful that we are loved and accepted by God, that we are favored by God and we can come boldly into his presence to receive help in our times of need. When we really have a revelation of God and his love for us, we will not fear anything. This is our God. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 records the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. There's a responsibility on us who claim God's name to ensure that we do not by our actions bring his name into disrepute. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We must make sure that we are hallowing the name of God because the name of God is the very person of God. Altars. When Pastor Agu brought this message, I was impacted into change. We were locked in, but with faith, not locked out. A light had been lit and is still burning. My heart said to my mind, no excuses, Phil. Build an altar for access to God. We heard the altar is the portal where the power of God is made manifest. My own oh mind, how 
power, enablement, to define purpose, to accomplish God's will on purpose. We have been blessed to have been invited to come boldly to the throne of grace, the altar to get sorted, made right. Our sin is decommissioned and holiness is commissioned. The altar, the place where the spiritual realm and the natural realm connect. Our atonement location, atonement locator, a place to clean up, to wake up, to get up and thank God. Exodus 17 verse 15 says, Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. Victory was celebrated. Today, let's build an altar in our hearts unto God because through Christ and forgiveness, we have the victory. The power of words. Words matter more than we think or know. The book of Proverbs 18, 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it, for death or life. This shows that words are so powerful. Let us be careful how we talk. The word we speak can kill or give life. Careless words can lead to consequences that we reap. The tongue is a weapon that can be used for good or evil. We can give life or can kill with our tongue. Therefore, we understand that we have to be responsible about what we speak. The book of Matthew 12, 36, 37 says, everyone will be held accountable for every word we speak. Part evidence that will be brought on the day of judgment are the words we speak. Words matter because they are really change agents. Words are significant in communicating, but it is even more important to understand the power of word as change agent. Our words are designed to change things. Life, it's all about words. There is a desperate need for intercession because there are so many things in the nation against godliness and righteousness. So what is God's response? So I sought for a man among them who will make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I shall not destroy it. But I found no one. Ezekiel 22:30. So God needs intercessors. At the heart of intercession, as exemplified by Moses when he pleaded for the Israelites, is selflessness, compassion, humility, boldness, and intimacy. So how did Moses get God to relent from destroying the land? This is what Moses did as an intercessor, and we can all do the same. Intercessors must appeal on the basis of God's grace, God's glory, God's word, God's person, and God's covenant. Jesus is still involved in the ministry of intercession, and we must do the same here on earth. Intercessors are mediators and are precious to God because for his plans to come to pass in our families, in our nation, in the church, there must be those who are standing in the gap and interceding. 
If there are no intercessors, the result is always destruction. I pray that we all sign up to be intercessors for God. Amen. The children of Israel had to fight hostile tribes in order to possess the promises of God. In the same way that to possess God's promises for our life, we must fight the battle facing us. We are all part of God's army to fight against the organized hierarchy of wickedness trying to stop us from entering our promised life. The two-pronged approach that brings victory is what we do in the spiritual and what we do in the physical. We must realize that victory is won in the spiritual first before the manifestation in the physical. We achieve our victory in the place of prayer and it is through prevailing prayer and travailing prayer. We must prevail in our prayers until we get an answer. Prayer is the key to winning the battle. Remember, the endless prayer of a righteous person will always produce results. Keep pushing, keep praying, God will answer. It's time to build. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 in the New King James Version says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's time to build up the body of Christ, the temple of God, which is you and I, and all God's children that are to come. This is the building up of sons and daughters of God to be able to advance the kingdom that is the work of God here on earth. This is the primary purpose for all the wealth we are, all that we have been given. We are to use our God-given talents, our material resources, our creative giftings, our time, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, the grace, favor with God and people to build up the body of Christ. God expects us to be very generous, willing, unselfish with all that he has given us and to understand at the core of our very being that the primary reason God has blessed us with anything or everything is to build his kingdom, to raise up mature Christians, win new souls and disciple them. Once we build the kingdom of God, we will enjoy more of the presence of God in our midst. So let's build the kingdom. The mission was to go and spy the land. Indeed, it was a wrecky mission gone bad. For knowledge is good and necessary, but where it contradicts the word of God, we must choose to submit to the knowledge and the word of God. So we expected to acquire knowledge because knowledge is key, for without it would perish. However, it seems that there is a greater knowledge than ours, for my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because we reject that knowledge. So for you and I, for our logical sense or our intellect becomes a hindrance or may limit or stop the ability to believe or trust the word or words of God spoken over our lives, then we must surrender our knowledge to that of God's and to His Word. Leadership in uncertain times. Leadership is all about influence. You know, when Pastor Agu preached this message, he highlighted seven qualities that Moses displayed. Moses had a deep relationship with God. 
Moses was prayerful. Moses was a visionary. Moses had a heart of a servant. He knew how to handle critics and he had a heart of humility. But also, he had a teachable spirit. Now, the quality that really caught my attention was a heart of a servant. And Jesus put this nicely in the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as a ransom price for the salvation of many. So leadership is all about serving others, building others, supporting others, and loving others. As the children of Israel journeyed to the land that God had promised them, they faced numerous challenges. And as they walked, they became weary and discouraged. And they murmured and they spoke harshly against God and Moses. And as a result of this, fairy burning snakes were unleashed, which bit the children of Israel, killing many of them. The children of Israel cried out to Moses to pray to God on their behalf for mercy. And God, who is full of mercy and loving kindness, told Moses to make a replica in bronze of the fairy burning snake that were biting them and set it on a pole. The promise from God was that everyone who had been bitten by the snakes, who looked up at the bronze serpent, would live. That same promise holds true today. For Jesus Christ hanging on the cross is a type and shadow of the bronze serpent. The children of Israel looked on that bronze serpent in the wilderness and lived. You and I look on Jesus Christ, lifted up on the cross, who took on himself all our sin, the penalty of sin, and broke the power of sin, so that you and I might live, live an abundant and eternal life. So whatever you and I might be going through today, let us fix our gaze on Jesus. Let us keep trusting on our high and lifted up, risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Gremlins or monsters always start off as pets, a domestic or tamed animal kept for companionship or pleasure. Crucially, they are with us from early in our lives. You could actually say that they are a part of our life experience. Indeed, in some cases, they are things that help us hide our wounds. I remember a movie of the same title that actually, in many ways, encapsulates the reality of that statement. A cuddly, innocent pet. A simple habit. A simple thought. Harmless friends. There are always warning signs that God, our God of the second chance, gives us to identify these gremlins so we can deal with them. For Moses, it was anger. We must take the ruthless action required in killing these gremlins, wherever they may be. If we don't kill the gremlins when they become monsters, they are more difficult to kill. And if we don't kill the monsters, they will just come after us. So kill the gremlins before they become monsters.
Hi, church. Remember at Kadesh, Moses hit the rock in anger and offended God. We also have weaknesses that originate from our old life. But even after we become Christians, many of us still struggle with such weaknesses. When the flesh is stronger in us than God's spirit, the result is sin. In Romans 7, Paul illustrates this in his battle between what he wants to do and what he actually finds himself doing. Also, we have an adversary whose agents are looking to trip us up. But there is good news. We can overcome. First, by remembering that provision has been made for our freedom through Christ's death and his resurrection. Then by committing to living life in the spirit. We must also be willing to pay any price for our freedom, including replacing old thinking with God's word. And where enemy agents hold sway, we must eject them sometimes by seeking help from others. Finally, remember that subduing the flesh is a daily habitual task. So as you progress into the new, take care not to be ensnared. God bless you. The power of prayer. We had some very timely reminders on our journey into the promises of the power of prayer. First, God has set himself up to be a God that answers prayers. We realize this and we also realize that the depth of our prayer life directly correlates with the depth of our relationship with God. Most of all, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to remember the way we invite the intervention of the kingdom of heaven into our lives is by our prayer life. And so I want you to put all of these together and I hold it as we go into this journey of the new and into this journey of promises that God answers prayers and He will answer your prayer. Thinking about the experiences we've all had in the past year and how it has made us much more aware of the miracle that life and good health is. I am reminded of the importance of looking for God's handiwork on our lives every day and being thankful for it. As a scripture in the book of Psalms chapter 3 verse 5 infers, it is the grace of God that sustains us through the night and enables us to wake up to each new day. I like pastor's examples of seeing bills as a reflection of the privileges that pain then provides us and of seeing or viewing the rain as a reminder of God's goodness to us through nature. Ultimately, a grateful disposition daily is needed to retain a perspective that is endearing to God. So let us embrace a lifestyle of gratitude. We all live in a world where the society and our engagement drives us towards embracing an idol or idols that ultimately become gods that we worship. To many people, it's obvious, and to others, it is private and secret. The little gods that we worship on a daily basis, those little gods that have displaced our priority and worship of Jehovah, we all have them pointed, shoved, and displayed on our faces. The God of money, the God of self, the God of phone, the God of entertainment, the God of food, the God of sex, the God of clothing, or the God of leisure. Some worship their partner for some. It's their children, while many have their pastor as their God. 
But what is God's position on this? It was clear when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. He spoke to Moses to tell the children of Israel in Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. To Isaiah in 45, 6, he said that men may know from the rising up to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. But then, how do we let go and let God? Just think about God's mercy, love, kindness, faithfulness, long-suffering and compassion. Think about the Father who wants to be the number one, not your phone. Remember this, whatever you give up to let go, to pursue God becomes what you have conquered. God is calling you and God is waiting on you to have him back as priority in your life. Make a decision today to put away and let go the false God in your life. God bless you. You know, the world today suffers a crisis of good leadership. In the same way that the children of Israel were let down by Aaron when he was briefly handed the mantle of leadership in Moses' absence. For Aaron, it was a failure in character, an absence of courage, fear of criticism as he tried to please the people and the failure to take responsibility. You know, ladies and gentlemen, the cost of his failure was a plague and 3,000 dead Israelites in the wilderness. There's always a cost when we fail as leaders in the home, in church, and in society. I know no one is perfect, but let us learn from Aaron's failures and purpose to become authentic, courageous, and godly leaders who will stand up for what is right and exercise godly influence. Leadership is key in our journey to God's promises. God bless you. The Israelite leaders had gone to spy the promised land and came back with the report that the giants lived there. They became fearful and consequently discouraged the rest of the people. Despite what God has promised us, we also have to constantly deal with giants in our lives. Giants of fear, shame, stigma, low self-esteem. And it is the nature of giants to loom large taunting, speaking great words, intimidating us, and trying to prevent us from entering into God's plans and purposes and promises for our lives. But be encouraged. We have been anointed for victory. Goliath spoke great words, but David spoke greater words of faith. It's a battle of words, and God's words in our mouth, in the name of Jesus, will slay any giants. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. There is a promise waiting on the other side of the giants. Always make sure that you have the last word and kill the giants. God bless you. As we continue in this journey, we need the blessing of the Lord. From creation, the blessings of the Lord God is upon the righteous person who fears him. The Lord called Abraham out from amongst his people and blessed him in his generations. As we read from Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. 
and I will make thee a great nation, and curse them that curse thee, and in thee shall the families of the earth be blessed. This great blessing protected the nation Israel in their new walk to possess the promised land, as we heard from Pastor Agu's message titled, A Prophet for Hire. In Numbers 23, verse 8, verses 8 and 20, Balaam said, Balak the king of Moab hath brought me from Aram out of the mountains of the east, saying, Come defy Israel. How shall I curse whom God hath not cursed? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. The value of a blessing is that it prepares one for an assignment. It protects us from the adversary. It provides resources that fulfills purpose. It encourages us in difficult times and it elevates us over the adversaries because it is the presence of God with us. And as we journey into this new season, let us do so in the attitude of a blessed people, according to Matthew 5, 1 to 12. As it is revealed to us by Christ Jesus, the seed of Abraham and of Israel, and the carrier of the scepter of righteousness. And so may the Lord bless us, and may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us, and may we walk in renewed hope. May he cause us to walk without fainting, run and not be weary, and to overcome all the challenges of this present age. May we abide in the unity of the faith to produce a new order in righteousness of the kingdom of God. May the peace of God that passes all earthly knowledge abide with us and keep our hearts and mind stayed on Jesus Christ, who is risen up with healing in the Holy Spirit as the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Well, I'm sure you were blessed by that. Um, I'm sure you were blessed particularly by um, Antv bringing it to a close um, with that blessing uh, that was prayed over us. I'm certain you were blessed by the revelation, the wisdom that came as each of our pastors shared some part of the journey that touched their lives. You know, I want to say to you as a, as a word of encouragement that uh, it was God who started this journey. Um, he has taken us all through the year, different stages of the journey. It's not a religious exercise. It, it is very spiritual. Um, God is working out something in our lives. And it's instructive that as we're coming towards the end of that journey, God starts to speak to us about the new things he's doing in our lives, in our families, in the church, Jesus' house, in the church in the land, and in the nation. Uh, I'm excited as these two things come together, the end of the journey and the new things that God is doing in our lives. Because you see, when the children of Israel eventually ar arrived in the promised land in Canaan, 
it was an entirely new experience for them. And so I am excited for you because I know that, that as long as you're diligent with this journey, you are going to arrive in your Canaan, your promised land. And we know for the children of Israel, it was a physical land. Uh, the Bible describes the boundaries of, those, of, of that land. But you know, for you and I, it's not a physical land. It's all the thousands of promises that God has made for us in the Bible. And you know, the Word of God declares that this is the time for the prophetic promises to be fulfilled. Um, and a lot of us are going to enter a lot of prophecy that has been spoken over our lives, for this is the time for those prophetic promises to be fulfilled. That's what you are entering as your own Canaan and your own promised land. Now, these are highlights from the pastors, and they're highlights because they have taken notes, they have, they have studied the notes, they have been like the Berean Christians. Uh, they haven't just got titillated by a service and put it away, forgetting the service, forgetting what was preached. No, they know that when it is preached from the, from the, from the pulpit by the Spirit of God, it is God speaking. And they have taken the notes, they have asked the Spirit to amplify them, uh, to help them to have revelation, to apply them to their lives, and you must do the same. Uh, it, it, they, they tell us that you've got to listen to something at least seven times, they tell us, uh, for it to really sink into your being, literally become a part of you. And so we want to encourage you to go back um, and, and just listen to sermon after sermon on this journey. Make your notes. Uh, from those notes, make plans. Um, um, drop your confessions. Uh, declare the word of God from, from those messages. Let the Bible speak to you as you prepare to enter Canaan, to enter your promised land, uh, to enter the new that God has planned for you. Amen. And I, I hope you're as excited as I am about this new that God has planned for us. And um, as I come to an end, I just want to reiterate something I've said literally every, every, every sermon I've preached on this journey. As we come to the end of the sermon, uh, I have constantly said to you, it is impossible to make this journey without guidance. The children of Israel in a graphic picture of life, had a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And in very dramatic circumstances, the Bible tells us how they were instructed to keep their eyes on the cloud and the fire, and they didn't move except the cloud lifted and moved or the fire moved. Sometimes they would settle where the cloud had, had settled for weeks, maybe months, all this time keeping an eye on the cloud. Very graphic picture. And as soon as the cloud started lifting, they knew it was time to pack their utensils together, roll up the tents, and get ready to follow the cloud. The moral of the story was it was a way they had never been. If the cloud didn't lead them or the fire didn't lead them, they would get lost. There's also another dimension to it that the, the desert was an inhospitable place to be in, extremely hot during the day. But as long as they stayed under the cloud, then the cloud had a way of making sure their environment was just the right temperature for them. And then at night, it got so cold, freezing cold. 
But then as long as they were near the fire, the fire provided warmth for them at night. And crucially, in addition to guiding them, the fire kept dangerous animals away from them. What's the metaphor when you, when you apply that to life? As long as we are led by the Spirit of God, we don't get lost. As long as we are in an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God, the world can get hot and unbearable. But around the Spirit of God, it's, it's not just bearable, it's a place where you thrive and you flourish. And, and when it gets cold out there in the world, around the Spirit of God, around the fire, the temperature is just right. And I'm sure you know that the world is a dangerous place now, but then we know we are safe when we are in an intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. Now, of course, if you're listening to this and you don't have that relationship with the Spirit of God, then this is a wonderful opportunity to do so. Someone might be listening and ask, but how do I do that? It's simple. All you've got to do is open up your heart for Jesus to come into your heart in, his, in, his, in effect have a relationship with Jesus and the Spirit of God is deposited in you as a sign of that relationship. And so if there's someone listening from anywhere in the world, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you haven't accepted him into your heart, having listened to the highlights from all the pastors and listened to what I have said briefly about the fire guiding you and, and keeping you safe and the cloud guiding you as it did for the children of Israel. We don't have a physical cloud or a physical fire, but because we have a relationship with Jesus, we have his spirit in our heart. You can have the same. And all you have to do is just welcome Jesus into your heart. And so wherever you are listening to this, whatever you're going through, it might be difficult, challenging, hot, unbearable, inhospitable. Uh, it might be so cold you think you're going to freeze. And certain things in your life might have frozen over. They're just not working. Um, you might find that you're having to deal with difficult circumstances, maybe even dangerous circumstances. Well, I just want to commend the Spirit of God to you. He genuinely sorts all these things out. And so if you want that and, that, and, and you're saying, I really want to open my heart, I want to receive His Spirit, will you say this prayer with me, meaning every word of it? Will you say after me, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ. I receive Him today into my life as my Lord and my Savior. I ask for your grace, Heavenly Father, to live a life from now on that is pleasing to you. I turn away from anything I might have been doing that was displeasing to you, that you found sin, that you, that you declared sinful. And I embrace, Father, a life of obedience to you. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for depositing your spirit in my heart. By this prayer, I know that I'm now a child of yours. That today, I have been born again into your family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you said that prayer, you meant every word. Well, congratulations. It's as simple as that. Jesus has done the hard work for you, and all you had to do was confess in the manner that you did, believe what you were confessing, and you have been ushered into a relationship with him. Hallelujah.